Welcome back to the Matt and Mates podcast. Huge episode this one. Not only did I score, who I think is a big name guest, but also we've managed to get to the double digits, 10 episodes, cue the party poppers, champagne, or a tin from Shelter Brewing Co. They do a damn fine lager. Those of you listening in each week, you guys are absolutely the best and the messages I receive from everyone about the pod is just so awesome. I honestly love you all so very much. Don't forget, and I say this every week, to like, follow and subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you're listening. If you're on Insta and Facebook, give us a follow on our page at Matt and Mates. I will chuck the links in the show notes. So on to this week's guest. To celebrate episode 10, I managed to get a man who deserves the key to Fremantle City with what he's done in his career so far, Zach Strom. Zach plays for South Fremantle Football Club in the West Australian Football League, better known as Waffle, which for anyone who doesn't really follow footy is one just below the AFL. His career has spanned over 10 years and he's accomplished milestone after milestone throughout it, including a premiership, club best and fairest, and also represented in the WA State Squad. I talk all things footy with Zach, and he shares some great insights into his ups and downs over his career. We also chat about outside of footy and how he manages to balance all of that into his life. Great chat, great banter, and just overall, a great guy. Enjoy this one, guys. I'll say it again. I love you all dearly. One, two, three, four. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. You ready? Yeah, do you do a full intro or we just start talking? No, we just start talking. I don't do that there. I'll chuck that in later on. Oh, well, I'd like a little interview. You'd like Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zach and Math podcast. Or do you want to be Matt and Zach? Just, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the Matt and Mates podcast. We can call it Matt and Zach just for today. Zachary Strom, thanks for coming in, mate, and celebrating the 10th episode. Woohoo! How good. Let's go. 10th episode. Mate. No, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for flying me up here. First class. Very nice of you. Long flight to uh, South Geraldton here. Yeah, it's not fun. What was the landing like on the freeway? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. No, I didn't really get a, a private jet, but, um, you know, I had to take two buses, two trains, <laughs> had to walk a 10K. I know, I know. Yeah, it. Don't pretty... worry. I know the distance here. You're the biggest guest I'm probably having on this show. Obviously, I reached out to your sister, Mim, Fremantle player, but she said she was going to cost too much, so I had to go to the next option, and Noah refused it, so here we are. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, um, Zach Strom, the brother of Mim Strom, famous Fremantle football player, made the All-Australian squad earlier this week, just missed out on the team. There, that was spewing. Yeah. Zach, we're not interviewing Mim here. It's all about you. Oh, you want to talk about my older sister, Lucy? Yeah, she's run a few marathons. You know, we'll, she's we'll get into that. involved in a few different things. No one talks about Lucy. She's it's actually older sister. Strong. Yeah. Thanks for coming in today, man. I'm excited to talk about you because you've got quite the CV in your waffle career and not that i've prepared anything this is all off the top of my head if i'm right 174 league games a league premiership player back in 2021 fans choice best on ground in the grand final ripped off because of the uh whoever decided to win it south Fremantle club champion 
WA State squad. Was it once, twice you named? Twice squad, once played. Once played. Yeah. And quite the chiropractic career as well on top of all of that too. So you've you've achieved quite a bit for a uh, young 30-year-old male. Yeah, not 30 quite yet. Uh, no. I think I'll stay 29 we'll just for round the next up. few years. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, played Waffle since 2013. Uh, came down because Noah, my younger brother, he was invited to the Colts and I was coming down to Perth to do university and I thought, you know, it'd be good to stay fit and healthy and that's why I decided to ask the club like, come down. They said, sure, you're pretty tall. <laughs> so it made it a bit Always easier for advantage. me. But, um, yeah, so it was just like, I'll stay fit while I'm at uni and here we are, 174 games later. Unbelievable. And we can't wait to unpack all of that. But before we do, I've got a question to ask you that I'm sure you have no idea about because you have never listened to an episode before. Yeah, I haven't been doing my research on this one. <laughs> so if you could go back to any time in history, witness it with your own eyes, what would it be? Well, I think it's already been said, but I think most of the history that I've read about, they say that Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech was one of the greatest moments of history. So it's supposed to be that. Um, yeah, otherwise, um, for selfish reasons, probably go back and speak to my younger self and um, talk to me and give myself some hints on some some betting tips and that sort of stuff. I guess you can do that too. It's frowned upon, if anything. When do we get yours? Do we get your... Uh, or have you already said it? When I decide to get interviewed, that's probably when I'll do mine. We've known each other for some time ourselves. It's obviously school friends. Uh, you were... Uh, I met you, what, back as a young fellow back in year 10 or 11 at German Senior High School? I know, lucky, yeah, yeah. We, we did um, year... Was it year 12... Human bile together? Yes, that's right. It was so, yeah, just some weird guy sitting two down from me and asking me lots of questions. We talked a lot. You talked a lot about doing a study group, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll definitely get that done, man." I just just been getting a community. At the time, I was really so. not interested. <laughs> um, How'd you go in human bile? Anyway, probably failed it to be honest with you. Yeah, good. <laughs> I did well on the exams. Yeah, so I was able to. Um, yeah, uh, meet a lot of people through you, for sure. Yeah, but we didn't really hang out much in high school, though. I was probably always like a mutual friend between us, and then I wouldn't have been, I'd say, until we'd been leavers. We started actually hanging out a lot more. Yeah, I was a late in, wasn't I? Because someone pulled out and, um, and I got Pretty sure invite. I was going to be in. <laughs> I think Cav said he knew some tall guy that could come along, so we thought, eh. Best time of my life. 2011 yeah, leavers, yeah. But let's get straight on to you. You, my friend, have quite a life so far. Background about you, though. So you are originally from Exmouth, correct? Yes. Yeah, I was born in Subiaco, but went straight to Exmouth because they don't have babies in Exmouth at the time. I think they do now, but I was born in Perth and then they fly you back, fly to and from yeah. Perth to, to be born. Yeah. You're the second oldest out of five? Yep. Yeah. That's right. Cool. So, what are your siblings' names? If you remember them off by heart. So, we got Lucy, then myself, then Noah, then Mim, and Indy's the youngest. And in that entire family, it's a really AFL-heavy populated family. Yeah, I mean, it, Lucy was a little bit late to the game because um, they didn't really have that sort of thing when she was younger. I mean, sure she was she probably busy taking player. care of you all. Like. 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we play footy now, but it wasn't a huge part of our lives yep. previously. It may not be in the future, but um, right now, yeah, it's pretty pretty big. And and growing up in general with such a big family, what was that sort of like? Were you a really tight knit type family? Well, I used to be. I was a middle child for a while there, and then um, one day, mum and dad sat us down. I was probably about eight or ten or something, and. They said we're going to have another baby, and I just sucked it. I was like, "We don't even have enough. You're not spending enough money on us, and now you're having another kid, and we ended up having two more." But yeah, yeah, love Mim and Indy, but we had a whole life before them as well. It's a bit strange. <laughs> it was perfect before they came along. Oh, not perfect. <laughs> I just wanted to see the response there. Oh, good. Uh, so, and then obviously we just touched on it before, but really sporty type family. We all sort of at the same time getting into sport at the, around together or was it like it's different stages one after the other would sort of get involved no it was we were big fish in a small pond obviously Exmouth there was only like 15 20 kids maybe 30 in a class so i mean being the tallest kid and one of the oldest kids in the class you're always going to be slightly better at sport than the other kids so uh i suppose that was part of me moving to geraldton was to be a uh, in a bigger pond and see how you go against better people and better players that sort of thing but now we used to play all sorts of different sports surfing on the weekends because it's a beachy town and yep down the boat and try still to, yet to check it out yeah yeah when are you coming up there's a bit of groundswell that people are coming up for new year's this year oh, i don't know if i could squeeze a new year's trip in we'll find out you're i'll forward. be there i'll be there soon you're a four-wheel drive camper now so you <laughs> You could be up there and then some would say an expert but an expert okay okay we'll have to uh, flush that to out in your yeah, podcast I might have to edit that part out, <laughs> <laughs> cool so yeah you it's quite a good place to grow up i'm assuming like it was a really tight knit community everyone got along with each other was there there wasn't much drama or anything like that no we sort of you know everyone and mum and dad knows everyone in town so yeah, it's sort of a really nice place to grow up, I'd say, but I don't really have any reference to any other sort of areas. Like, mm. I mean, Geraldton being a much bigger town, you probably didn't know as many, like you knew uh, you were You always had a connection. People. You always knew someone through like a, one or two connections there. But then if um, you did end up moving to Geraldton, as you did mention, so was that just for the fact that school finished you could only do a certain amount of high school in Exmouth at the time yeah so in Exmouth uh when you do year 11 and 12 you do side distance education so I did to year 10 there um and then the option is uh you get some government grants to go to the closest school which certainly happened to be Geraldton it's really um, the closest yeah yeah closer than well technically closer than per distance not, not um prove you reckon they got a bigger school than would Geraldton, they? no, 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 no way. Oh, um, so lots of people uh, above me, they used to go to Geraldton and it's sort of a fun experience, go to experience something different and mum and dad couldn't afford to keep feeding me with the rate that I was growing, so they they shoved me off to boarding school. Just to put in perspective, how tall are you? Uh, right now, 197, I said maybe eight if I stand up straight, centimetres. So not even two, two metres tall, Kind of disappointing, to be honest. I thought you'd be the tallest guest on here. Yeah, no, very disappointing. What, someone's been taller than me already? No, nah, but I guarantee I'll get someone that's too big. Step out of Cool. So, time in Geraldton. Loved it. Made a lot more friends there, obviously. Yeah, so 
yeah, some funny stories about meeting people in Geraldton. Lots of nice people at the boarding house there. Geraldton Senior College, which is not the best school. Yeah, put hairs in, on your chest. <laughs> in WA, let alone in Geraldton. But no, yeah, lots of nice people. I think I got there at a good time because when my sister went through, she was talking about people having fights just about every day at school. When I got there, we probably saw one or two over the whole period. So I think I'm pretty lucky in terms of that. Kids were a bit more mellow when I got there, but I was again, I was pretty tall, so mm. it's really true. Yeah, no one's really going to mess with you, let's be honest. Mm. But I think our year itself is pretty laid back anyway. Yeah, is that what you think it was? Or yeah, you would have gone I, to I don't know. I, it was... I, I knew, well, John Wilcock College was absolutely terrible. That was all survival. But... German senior, probably from about year 11 onwards, I just found that it was a lot more of a closer-knit group. Like, yeah. everyone sort of knew each other. We all got along. There wasn't much, like, drama-wise. So. Yeah, so the reason I moved, obviously, yeah, side um, education... I feel like I could have done it, but I just think get in a classroom with a teacher, you're going to get better scores. I'm a real procrastinator anyway, so I'm not I'm not really getting stuff you're done. You're a procrastinator. A Didn't you finish yeah. like an ATO of like 80 or something? It's not, it's not that as impressive as some people, <laughs> but I, I tried my hardest, yeah. Um, uh, I'd put myself into some classes that were a bit harder than what I, what I thought they would be. But I think, yeah, the, the added combination of you can um, have face-to-face classes, you um, can do sport at a higher sort of level and then, then just the the change of going somewhere different, meeting new people, you know? Yeah. The other thing is you were probably playing a bit of footy in Exmouth, but you would have played some in Geraldton as well, like you mentioned. So was it railways you spent a bit of time at? Yeah, so that's the closest to uh, the boarding house. So yep. we just wandered Walking down distance. there. Um, I can't remember who. I think I think it was just generally accepted that most of the people from the boarding house yep. go down to railways. Great club, great people from what I remember. yeah, A lot challenging than Exmouth. In terms of like sometimes with teams, people need to know who you are or know the like to get into particular teams and stuff. But 16s, yeah, that was all fine. We didn't play very well as a team, but we had a really good team at the time. Uh, when we got into Colts, that's when it was like oh, a bit more competition for spots. Not so yep. much in about worrying about my skills or or that sort of thing. It's just about you're just a number when in a much larger group of people, mm. so it's harder to stand out. I think I was lucky. So you had Stokesy on your earlier podcast. Yeah. He was moved up to, so he was a year older than us. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was 21. So he could have been playing in that uh, Colts team I was playing in, but he was moved up to the league because he was playing that well. Yeah. So if he had if he had dropped down or just played Colts, maybe I don't play. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's probably look at that. Yeah. But I mean, you've got the height, so that would have probably been in your advantage for a lot of it too. Yeah, so when you have height as a kid, they they chuck you in ruck, ruck forward, and that's sort of all you get to do. But when I came from Exmouth, we were playing midfield. Um, me and Noah, all we do is just play midfield. A bit of Luke Jackson a about bit, it. A little bit of rucking, but they they just put you in a position where you get get the ball the most. Yeah, yeah. Not so just much. Just ball, get ball. Plus, as kids, like when you gain height and you're pigeonholed in a particular position. Yeah. So it's a bit tough when you get someone like Patrick Cripps and then he grows, uh, spurts up late. It's like, 
he's had all this opportunity to play in all different positions. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But they're sort of yeah making it a bit more normalised now, where a taller player gets to do particularly yeah. different positions. Like, well, I've seen you play on the ground, and I'm mean I'm surprised at some of the positions you're in. Once you've obviously done your time in Jero, you've finished up with high school. It's from my understanding you your plans were to go to uni, but you ended up spending a bit of time over east. Yeah, so back then they had the gap year program with the Australian Army. So I had applied for that through uh you had to do a lot of rigmarole in terms of writing in and talking about leadership things you've done or things you like about particular stuff and um, i ended up getting accepted for the army gap year program you go and essentially do the full military experience and then for most people it's a four year years you signed up for four years but for this gap year program i had a friend much older than me, she got in it in the Navy one year program um, and she just really enjoyed it. Um, and it would look pretty good on a CV sort of thing. New experience, do something different. Um, so I decided to join the army for a year. What were your thoughts of being in the military? Yeah, so as a, as a young guy from a coastal town, relaxed sort of kid, um, it, was a, it was a pretty big shockwave to to be is it in the military full on as they show in like the movies and that with uh, like drill sergeants telling you what time you need to be out of bed yeah what time you need to do this absolutely you you wake up every morning someone yells down the hallway everyone's got to grab their sheets chuck them on their shoulders you run out in the hallway you're all lined up in the hallway someone's yelling at you you got five minutes to make your bed you got five minutes to have a shave and a shower whatever people were just people were just not showering and like <laughs> like not shaving and you just get you just get screamed at for two weeks straight so yeah for someone who i i understood that military was military but i didn't, didn't understand that sort of side of things as well as i could have so in that in terms of that it was a it was a big wake-up call be a huge sure. all about structure all in that type of um setting wouldn't it oh yeah every minute of the day is um structured it's sort of like jail then, I guess. They do things like like they take your watch and they take your fine. You can't contact anyone. Right. So that adds to the mental fatigue side of things. But that's just what they've got to do. They've, they've got to grow minds in a particular yep. way to make you a soldier. Yeah. yeah, make you as tough as possible. Any cool stories you can share at all? No, it's funny because when you're in there at the time and, and I've got military friends now and people are like oh my god i can't believe that happens but the the supervisors or the corporals and that sort of thing that are like in charge of you they're really just having a little bit of fun and like yeah taking the piss whereas at the time you're getting screamed at like in your face spits flying in your face sort of thing and they they do it and then two minutes later they're off laughing about it with their other mate so you can see from that sort of viewpoint how funny some of the things would be yeah making people do particular stuff but at the time for me it was pretty rough yeah, yeah. I remember i'd be making phone calls home and i'd be crying and i'd be i'd probably probably half of our group left like really? in the first sort of week or two and that's just how it happens you get through the first couple of weeks you, you're going to be okay but so it sort of weans out whoever can't make it really yeah they run the old you join the army the army didn't join you so yep if you want to go go so you do well on the sas tv show then uh it is quite similar 
obviously it, it's nothing compared to what they would do in the SAS. Yeah. SAS is completely psycho sort of system. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be uh, so mentally. It's pretty strong. impressive to be able to oh, just do something like that. General going into the military stuff, like I've worked with a lot of um, veterans and they've always done a lot more time than you have, but some of the shit they tell me that they went through just with their sergeants, all of that, people higher than them, and it's pretty fucked up how they get treated. Yeah, it's tough because... <laughs> it's obviously changed a lot nowadays, I feel, compared to what it would have been like in the 80s and that. But They also, I mean, they're, they're rewiring your brain. So the point your brain is uh, essentially wired a bit different to when you first come in and that's what you need to do if, if you need to like do things like that or you're getting contact from somewhere but to to unwind that brain it's takes quite complicated yeah. yeah yeah and i can imagine i had a friend who works with army veterans and it's it's just the same sort of thing that they're having issues with oh 100 yeah did you do you feel you took a lot more out of that for yourself going forward or do you feel you had a bit more trauma from it, if anything? Uh, yeah, probably trauma. It's building for sure yep. as well, um, character building. Um, but yet, to a degree, you feel like you lose a little part of what you used to be, mm. for sure. And I've slowly been getting that back, for sure. So I don't think it's forever. It's just something that is different, you know? Yeah, cool. Well, that's a, that's an interesting little insight into that side. I, th I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Yeah, military is not all that bad. <laughs> we had some pretty fun times, pretty good blokes, and um, you know, we'd be like going out on the weekends and having the best time. I was an eighteen-year-old. I was hanging out with like nineteen, twenty-six-year-old guys, and like probably thought they were the um, coolest people ever too. Yeah, yeah, it was the coolest thing. Some of the music from the time, and you just remember it. Sort of like Levers, how you remember some of the music. Yeah, it's like. It was, it was a funny it brings time back well. a memory basically it was really at a time when like social media was really starting to take off and i'm in the military and i had no idea that all this stuff's happening like like i think it was uh one direction came out and i had no idea who they were for like six 12 months like it was crazy like so things like that that i would have missed i wasn't watching any footy yeah. for eight weeks like remember really? the first game i watched like I would have missed the start of the season then the first eight weeks and I watched Frio play. So they didn't have TVs or anything? No TVs, no, oh, no. Real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're a reality um, TV show. So it was just crazy. I would be staying home sometimes on the weekends when well, obviously that's the first, sorry, 12 weeks or whatever they don't have TVs. But then when you're in regular army, you, you've got on yeah. more stuff. But yeah, I'd be staying home watching the footy and that sort of thing. It's one of the highlights of my week sometimes. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That's really rough. Mentally mentally strong from that. But you've finally, you survived it. You've done, was it one year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you've done your one year and then do they give you the option of staying or were you 100% on that? I'm going back to do university. Yeah, so the option of staying, uh, I'd already been accepted into chiropractic into Murdoch University, so I always knew that's where I was going. But probably we had about uh, 10 to 20 gap year kids in my group that started and probably 18, 17 of them stayed in. Oh, uh, the ones that made it past the first two weeks. <laughs> wow. Um, a lot of them stayed, yeah, yeah. I've got a few friends who have done a lot of stuff and uh, I was visiting, visiting my mate down in Tasmania recently. He'd done like three tours of Afghanistan 
and so it's just crazy yeah, yeah. Man, whereas like, i did nothing like that i stayed in the country just oh, so still it's just it's just more <laughs> more getting to say you've uh you've done it more than anyone else really but you've uh eventually you've come back and you started university as a chiropractic was there any reason for chiro uh so sort of um fitting well with my what i want to do was obviously help people um whether that's some sort of health job and chiropractic seemed like a job where you could do that but you can also work for yourself and i didn't know too much about you know what chiropractors do and i thought if they have this magical information that they can sort of pass on to fix people um i wanted to be involved in that so family members with pain and back pain and just seemed like a more specific thing than mm. general uh generally physio yeah there's a lot more physios around than there are chiros so easy yeah yeah 100 but it's it's frowned it's like a frowned upon field is it more like do you always get a lot of being called a witch doctor in that type of area no not really it's but that's probably more external noise but uh the clinic that i work in we have um physio chiro massage yeah work so you're together full and, allied health field and we just pass patients between for whatever they need for their specific sort of injury so for me it's trying not to worry about too much like that you know but yeah i can understand you know mm. where you come from then i mean i'll probably be more the older yeah no two chiropractors are the same just like no two physios are the same yeah, yeah, but 100%. the what they're working on at uni now is uh, as the information um sort of diverges we're going to be doing a similar thing. Yeah, to you'll overlap or a similar other. thing to x as long as we're trying to do the right thing, you know. Well, you haven't broken me, so you're doing something right, I guess. But going back onto the uni side of stuff, so you've you started uni, you're also, like you mentioned earlier, getting into your footy, more of like for your fitness side because your brother was there. How were you sort of going about juggling that? Was it always set in a way because you've, I mean, we'll go into it, but you've, you've already got such a big waffle career. Did you always see yourself putting a lot more time into footy or were you always looking at it as, I'm going to do 100% of my time for uni and then just a little bit of footy here? Yeah, that's the thing. It was sort of, you know, it had to be uni first and then footy, which, which it sort of still is. It's always work mm. first and then footy. But yeah, you just sort of get caught up in people who love the club and, people have done such amazing things for so long and, and you want to sort of um, do the right thing by them and footy becomes a bit more important as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was just lucky that usually things worked out whereas like if I had an exam or something, it didn't really fall on a footy day or anything like that. So I got pretty lucky that I wasn't, wasn't having to miss too yeah, much yeah. either side. Yes, yeah, so I moved to Perth with you. How did that work yes. out? How did we? Because uh, I, I was living with our good friend Todd, first guest on the show, and we were looking at a house and we needed the third roommate. And I just remember knowing that you were going to Murdoch as well. Yeah, I think as part of my scholarship for uni, I had uh, not free but pretty cheap accommodation at uni. Yep. At, at, you were sort of like a bit more fun and get a house together with the boys. I mean, we did have And it was, it was great. Yes. Yeah. You probably still would have had an awesome time at. Uh, on campus as well but i mean you would have been making would have been a bit hard at the start i'd say would have been different yeah i think um made the right choice for sure Ah, what a good house that was too absolute shit out that was yeah we had to fully like yeah create the house ourselves we had to get every bit of furniture and and we would just drive around these little commies like how we (laughs) (laughs) and that uh that that 
boat painting still covered at this house. It's been handed down from generation to generation each yeah. time. So we had it. There was a painting in the house that was the only piece of furniture that was there in 2013 mm. and then we've just been bouncing around that painting in our shared houses for a couple of years and and now i just passed it on to you again yeah. so a little sisterhood of the traveling pants type thing i don't know if uh, shannon was a big fan of it but i've i've made it work from where it is at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty it's a little bit ugly now but yeah a bit of mold um, on it <laughs> And it's, it's not ours. We stole it from ours. It's it just belonged to the house. So. Probably added value to the house taking, <laughs> to be honest. All right, cool. So, yeah, so it's obviously you're smashing out your uni, you're getting into your waffle, and it's probably, uh, I know for a long time you spent a bit of your time in the resis playing footy, and you were sort of, would you say dabbling or in and out of the league side? That would have been like the sort of goal that you just wanted to play at least, what, one league game? Yeah, that's how it works, I guess. You want to play one game, and then when you get that hunger for it, you want to play more. So first year, uh, I actually played a practice match in the league side. I, th- I think it was be- because I was tall, and coach at the time, Paul Hazelby, and, and the group of coaches, they didn't actually know how old I was. So I was coming in at 19 years old. They put me. They thought I was maybe 23, 25 or something. They put me straight in the league side for the practice match. We got flogged. I wasn't too involved. But then I think the the names and the ages come out on the budget or something. And they're like, what the hell? This guy's only 19. <laughs> so, yeah, I got chucked back to the resis. And I played most of the year in the resis. Played my first game, um, NADOC round 2013 against Claremont. Uh, that in the league? In the league. Yep. Yep. Had about four touches and we got beaten. So... <laughs> Do you uh, remember? Do you works. remember it clearly? Like, do you remember it going out into the field, like the hype up to it? I remember specific stuff. So, yeah, this is a funny thing because I feel like I had a pretty bad memory. So, um, especially with footy, like, I remember specifically Mark Seabe balking me. So, so <laughs> he he went to kick the ball and I jumped up in the air and he just walked around me. <laughs> so that's probably the only specific thing I remember. Uh, I remember another specific one at the same in the same game. The the captain had the ball and I was out in the lead, and he's just looked at me and just gone, "I'm not kicking it to you." <laughs> he's done a full 360, turned around, kicked it a different way, and I was just like, "Oh, bugger!" <laughs> Off to a flyer. So that's about all I remember from the game. Yeah, but it still did it. Did it feel different um, lining up in a team like that versus like say? playing Rezzy's footy or playing the footy back in Jerry like you would have. Did, did this feel something different about going into that side? Yeah, no, not not really. The excitement from playing my first game in the Rezzy's was similar to playing my first game in the yeah, league. Yeah. I was on the emergency list for like for like eight weeks before that. So every week I had the stress of right, maybe yeah. I'm going to play and then not playing. So it was sort of worn off by then. Yeah, the funny part is like obviously I got there late for preseason, um, so I didn't know as many players. So half mm. the players out in the field, I didn't even know the name. <laughs> They're in my team, like like it's just crazy um, how footy works. Whereas now, being an older player, I know every single player that I'm playing with. And I don't know yeah, their background and all that sort of stuff. But back when I first started playing, didn't know half the team. But that's that's like going to any club, to be honest. Like you, you still. I just would you just say mate or yeah man or just kick it here like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter you're just trying to get your voice out so learning names is, is, that comes with time anyway 
But uh, so you've you've played your first waffle game, awesome experience, didn't do as much as you hoped, but then back into the resis from there on. Is it, what what was sort of like that feel from there? You ticked that box of playing league, but was the next stage of well, I want to do more of that. I want to be the best I can. Is that sort of where your head went? Yeah, yeah. I didn't play again till about round three the next year. Um, I got moved to the back line, so I did learn a little bit more about what to do there, and then I was in for a while after that. So, yeah, there was no not too much looking back after mm. that second year. Get a full preseason. I remember at the end of the first year, I was real sore, and they were like, "Oh, it's because you haven't done a full preseason." So. Uh, I knew I had five years of uni, so at least I, I knew at least I had another four years of this footy stuff. So yeah, uh, if I'm going to stay fit and get to train three days a week, get like physio, you know, massage treatments, whatever. Get the like, best care. You possible, get the best care. Yeah. Like why would I? Why would I go to a lower grade um, and have less? I, I'm I'm going to exercise and I'm going to work out anyway, so may as well have someone riding that program for me yeah, for free. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been a cool experience too, learning and like gauging from everyone there as well. Is there, um, as you went along with uh, just playing footy, is there any sort of like memorable moments that stick out? Like anything that you remember was like a... Because you've had quite a good career. Like quite... And you... Don't want to put give your ego too much, but you're still you're quite a good fucking player. Again, we're we're talking about waffles, so we're not talking about AFL for no. those. <laughs> you got a few international listeners. This is the one underneath <laughs> the AFL. So, but yeah, it's, it's becoming a bit harder to be a long term player in this league because um, you know there's not a, a really that much money in it, and there's not as many opportunities for old players that there used to be. People don't get picked up straight from. Uh, waffle like they used to mm. now that AFL they go through the draft it's mostly 18 year olds and that sort of thing so um, it's harder to retain players in our league but you do get a lot of like ex-AFL players come down and play waffle though yeah 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 for sure um, what's that sort of like playing against them often now though it's it's because they want to get back in and they're younger but older players not so often. Back in the day, back in 2013, we had that was just some crazy good players. Like, and you'd be you'd be up against some ex AFL players all mm. the time. Now, not not as much anymore. Yeah. Okay. And you got to play alongside, like in your team, some ex AFL players. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you learn a lot from them? Oh yeah. Um, Bring that into your career. Learn a lot um, about being a good person and that sort of thing, and being a good player, like yeah, Ashton Hams and. Ryan Cooks and um, played with a lot of good players for sure. Hmm. So, with uh, with that all in mind, you've put so much time into your waffle career that was there ever a thought of potentially going into AFL? Well, yeah, I suppose so. I think the best option would have been not going to the army and to do Colts and <laughs> that, that. So, are you say you might have drafted? Um, any regret doing that then, or? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, be something I'll think about forever. But, you know, I had a huge experience in the Army and, and not everyone gets to have that. And there's plenty of AFL players out there. But, yeah, we I've seen some players get picked up, though, you know. Um, so I played with Tim Kelly, played with Marlon Pickett, and you just knew they they deserved to be up in the next grade. And, um, Did you play with Norton? No, no, he was from... Uh, I played against him. He was from Peel. Oh, okay. He just supports us because right. he's 
best mate. Um, Jordan Bolognew plays for South Fremantle, their best mate, so that's why yeah. it comes down. But yeah, trying to think. He played with a lot of young guys like Calamachi and. Um, oh, yeah. Before they got drafted. So, uh, Willie Rioli, <laughs> 2013. Willie Rioli Willy oh, Rio- was right, there, yeah. kicking six goals a game in the Resis. I think it was 13, might have been 14. Like, again, the years all blend in. Yeah. But, um, but you, it's crazy that I've been able to play with these guys. Yeah, so, 100%. Like, not many people. I remember playing footy up in uh, the NT and getting to line up on some ex-AFL players, which I was just like, oh, this is pretty fucking huge, to be honest. Well, yeah, and, and you know, there's lots of um, good players from Geraldton as well. You've got, obviously, Jack Munns and, you know, um, Snotty Ryans. I used to go to um, boarding school with Jack Martin. He used to be in the in the room across from me. So hopefully you can get him on the pod soon. Jack, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> it's been mentioned, so hopefully. Uh, Jager Amir and, yeah, yep. you know, so you feel like I've played with some pretty special players or against some pretty special yeah. players for sure. Yeah, if you look at it from that perspective, yeah. The... Uh... Other great thing about playing at South too, because they have a bit of an affiliation with is X Mouth, is it? Is that right? Yeah, so we're zoned to yeah. uh, South Fremantle, yes. So that would mean, and you mentioned this earlier, your brother had the opportunity to be asked to go down there? Yeah, so he got scouted through their programs, through the junior state programs and the, the country programs and stuff. And yeah. um, he came down for year 12, I think, to do the Colts program to try and get drafted eventually. Yeah. And so both of you ended up playing at the side and then you've both been able to play in the same team. It was in the resis, if I'm right, that you played your first game together? Yeah, I reckon so. Just trying to, I, I actually genuinely don't know. I know. I know uh, you, it I, should be an important, um, important yeah. moment, shouldn't it? But um, yeah, for us, we played a lot of juniors together. When he played resis, yeah, we would have played. You want sort a flag of, with Usually at reserves, different ends of the ground. He just missed out on the 2013 team, and no, the 2014 team. I think he um, didn't make the grand final team, mm. but um, he was only very young. Um, but then we played 20, trying to think which one was that. Test the grand memory final. out here. So we won grand, uh, reserves grand finals, 2013, 2015, sorry, not 14. And 2017, we played and lost and Noel was playing that one. So mm. that was an important one. But we've lost a few grand finals. Yeah. <laughs> but cool to play in the same team as your brother? Yeah, yeah. So that'll be... I mean, you're doing, doing a junior level. Yeah, that's still a huge playing the same team. But at... This professional level, we guess you'd call it. Like it's, it must be a really cool experience knowing you're both out there. Yeah, I suppose the professional aspect of it is that, you know, we go out and we play our game and, and you don't worry too much about who's in the team and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, so that, I suppose that's why it's not as important a time. But he may, he may be able to remember. But it, it is pretty special to play with your brother and to have him out there in the side and yeah, we'll take it for granted. I guess. Mm. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, you do. I remember having my stint at trying to get into the side because I wanted to be just like you, but I only lasted, was it three weeks before I uh, got the cut? Yeah, so what year was that? Was that, that would have been before 2020? Yeah, 20... Was it 19 pre-season? Start of 2020. Yeah. Start of 2020. So, I mean, lucky you didn't, you know, we had COVID, so <laughs> like, you wouldn't have played for a long time anyway. No, I wouldn't <laughs> like, have done much, would I? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we had you, Jethro, wanted to come down. Jethro Barraclough, good friend of the pod. You realise it's just a huge... It's a huge jump because I was playing amateur footy at the time and then I decided... It was 2019, I went down, I remember, and I decided I wanted to give it a crack. And, jeez, my fitness level was so... I remember the first training session, um, you you had the 2K time trial, and I ended up, like, pulling out about a kilometre in because I was like, I don't feel well. I was just about throwing up. Yeah, you can't pull out. You but get vomit and the, then just keep running. <laughs> the, 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 the really fucked up thing was leading up to then, I was training so much that I was doing my 2Ks in like sub eight minutes, which was good for me. But the moment I was in that that field with everyone, I was going, this is a bit more stressful and anxious than I thought it would be. Yeah, you would have been anxious. That probably would have been it. Like, um, I think that if you really want to play waffle, uh, anyone can sort of do it. Obviously, we want people with really good skills it's going to make you a good footballer but you need to be able to apply yourself if you can apply yourself and you can train and you can do the gym you, for sure you can make it hmm. yeah yeah you just got to put the dedication in there and right. i felt like that when i started i was like oh at least i'll give it you know my full crack if i'm not good enough skills wise yeah then i'll know but i think if you persevere and you try as hard as you can you, you can do it yeah you know? But being a bit older, I thought, no, I'll just give it the crack and didn't go my way. So I'll just be your number one fan instead. But the other side I want to go into is I know you've, with going through all your footy and that, it's been such a great journey to watch and see you do. But I know there's been a lot of hiccups along the way. And one was a really serious health concern that you ended up getting. I actually remember visiting you would have been a week week leading up until you found out what it was, but you were quite unwell. Like you just seemed like you had the flu or something, but you ended up finding out you had pneumonia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people say that's why no one got his first game. Yeah. I didn't know him with that. Uh, yeah, I got pneumonia. I thought I was dying. I was, I How old were you at the time? Uh, 23, 24, probably. And you've got pneumonia. That's, that's unreal. don't know how that happened. I remember going to the bathroom and I passed out and I'm yelling, help, help, help. <laughs> I passed out and I was like, I need to go to the hospital right now. Jay Cutler, good friend of the pod, um, chucked me in the car and took me to the hospital and they were like, oh, you got pneumonia. I was like, oh, thank God. I thought I was dying, but yeah, it was... A- and it's pretty serious, but you can't die from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you probably know more about it than me, but it was probably early COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a tough year because you'd start from behind and I played a few Resis games that year. Mm. It was just hard to get continuity when you're, when you're sick, for sure. Yeah. So that's probably how Noah ended up getting his start, was uh, you would have been out of the side for a while? Well, that's what people say. People say that that because we were playing a similar position, he maybe honest, yeah. got the spot. But um, no, full credit to him. He works hard. He, he does the training. and he, he got thick that off-season. Like, he... He put on a bit of weight and he, he looked good. So hasn't been out of the team since. Yeah, he's, had, he's had quite the career too. I'm still waiting for him to get back to me, but apparently he wants me to talk to his agent. You're going to have to do just one Strom per season of this. Yeah, because otherwise it's going to be too Strom-centric, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'll wait. I'll leave Mim best to last if you're um, listening, Mim. Yeah, uh, pneumonia. That's probably my worst injury because I've been very, very lucky with injuries. Um, knock on wood. Um, I haven't had anything as serious as you. I can't imagine trying to recover from an ACL, let alone do it twice. Like it's good fun. It's good fun. It's Builds just wild. character building again. But having um, having that pneumonia, was there any sort of like, did you have any 
doubt. So you might go back to footy. Were you scared a bit? Like it would have been a scary situation to find out what you've got. No, no, I didn't, didn't really care. <laughs> uh, I think that technically my lungs maybe won't expand as much as they previously did, but uh, not really. Yeah, so long things normal now. I'm not having any long, long term effects. So there's no long term effects. People have had pneumonia before. I don't think like I just thought being quite young, getting it like it's it's something that you hear a lot about people in their 60s, 70s, 80s all getting. Oh, they die, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why I was just like, that's that's unreal to hear of you getting it yourself because, I mean, all the training you do, how fit you actually are, and then finding out you've got that, that's it's unheard of. I must have had a big weekend on the source, yeah. stayed out too late, and, yeah, got a nasty bug. I don't know. But you still live to tell the story. So you've got, you've eventually, you come away from that. It's been a struggle to get back into the league side from there, I'm assuming, because your fitness-wise, you would have just been feeling really depleted. When you eventually got back into the league side, you were playing alongside Noah as well. And you guys have ended up having quite the career, the two of you together. You, If we fast forward through to the, your premiership season. The win that or was, the loss? <laughs> the, we, we, I know you've had quite a few. So like if you look at... Uh, 20 if we talk about was it your 2019 you lost the so 2019 yeah we because we made three prelim finals three years before that and then 2019 we finally won one got into the grand final against the top team and we shit the bed we were awful and scored like three goals something for the day yeah so that was that was a sad one like i do remember being there and you it wasn't pretty to watch but in before the result occurred, you got to play at Optus Stadium, like Perth's brand new stadium at that time. Was that pretty cool? Getting oh, hell to play yeah. on the ground? I remember feeling real excited. You want to play on the biggest ground you can. And there was, what, about 20-odd thousand there to watch? I think it was, yeah, closer to 30. You can do the research, come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't hear, like, even though there's only 20,000 people, you can't hear anyone from further than 10 meters away yeah wow. um so that's the interesting part about it yeah it was a pretty surreal experience different dimensions uh, i thought i thought we had a fine lead up we just got got done on just, today yeah, just the nerves got you on the day yeah i, I don't know maybe the issue was that we we made the grand final rather than three prelims a row losing like when you make when you win one that's sort of your grand final mm. maybe we'd put the cue in the rack for that but beaten by a better team of the day and i remember um yeah you have plenty of time to think about losing when you're that far behind and i personally i wasn't thinking about it during the game but as soon as that siren goes like you don't want to speak to anyone you go down in the rooms and me and Noah were just bawling our eyes out. Our uncle was there in the rooms, gave us a big hug, and yeah, it's very upsetting losing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because you have like all your friends, family, all these fans that are dedicated to the time. Like at the end of the day, they're going to support you no matter what. But I can only imagine what it'd feel like. I'm still yet to play in a grand final at any level, yeah. yet alone play at semi-professional level. Yeah, so I've lost it twice at Optus, so 2019 and then 2021. Um, but you did have a good year in between there. So, yes, we won in 2020, which um, was the, the COVID, COVID year. Yes. I only had yeah. played 10 games, so feeling pretty fresh. And <laughs> three finals, yeah. Um, and we got to play on our home deck. So, uh, very lucky 
Yeah, that would walk be. us through that experience. So, 2020, you've got to play in a home grand final, I guess you can call it. Yeah, yeah. It's. I remember being there, sold out. I don't know how the capacity of of Fremantle Oval, but I'm assuming it's about seven, eight thousand people. I think there was maybe. about eleven thousand. Oh, wow. Just overall, just under ten thousand something. And that is very similar. You can't hear anything yeah. from people that loud. And that's a very open ground too. Yeah, yeah. So still, you can't really hear. Even though it was our home ground, felt like there's probably a few more Claremont supporters than there were South Fremantle supporters. <laughs> the coach wanted us to um, do a lap at the Oval and to start the game, just to soak it up and get everyone to cheer for us. And we're running around the Oval and we're looking up and it's just all dark colours. There's no red and white. <laughs> And this was just really eerie. Like, I was a bit worried about it at the time. It's people staring like, daggers into you. A lot of Claremont supporters, yeah, compared to South Fremantle supporters, even though it's our home game. So, yeah, I remember feeling really good going into that grand final. As in, on the day, on the actual day, I felt good. Did it feel a little bit different compared to the year before? So, obviously, playing it up different ground i feel playing at your home ground that you train at would have been a bit more to your advantage yeah obviously that's a huge advantage personally though i felt like this team that we had it was it was ready it felt ready to go good it felt like compared to the team like team for for, you know all the teams are great to make a bit of hunger from the year before after that loss i think for me it was more you're either gonna win or you're gonna lose like it's a pretty simple equation like so no point worrying about what happens at the end you got to play the game first yeah see how it goes and it's obviously gone in your favor you've final sirens gone you've won in a really close one was it three points yeah, yeah. what was what was those final few minutes like because you you have got the scoreboard on there but there's no time there's no actual time countdown it's all counting up so yeah. did you actually know how much time you had left no idea um, shortened quarters too because of COVID. I remember when the siren, so the the last sort of four minutes before the siren went, they were hammering us like, like they were going to kick a goal. I was scrapping here, there, and everywhere. We'd get it into our forward line. I think people knew, like people, when you watch it back, people knew when, when Scooter got that mark, that was it. But for me, even when the siren went, it's a it's a weird feeling because I thought far out they they're gonna win it they they're gonna win it and even when the siren went for me it didn't quite wash over it didn't quite I was still like oh my god so you couldn't hear the thousands of people cheering no I was like how fucking lucky are we that we we've hold, held on to this one like compared to all my other teammates they're all ecstatic I was a bit sort of like white as a ghost sort of feeling yeah I thought we got away with it for sure. But, uh, you know, I watch it back or you get different perspectives from other people and they're pretty confident sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, just a different type of person, I guess. And from what I've been told after winning a game like that, especially at that level, it does take a while for it to sort of sink in. Did you find that it took, did you you obviously just mentioned it, you didn't hear it, know about it or feel it at that very time, but what stage did it sort of sink in where you could look back and go, fuck, I'm actually, I'm a premiership player playing waffle here. Like there's not many people that can say that. It's a good question. Cause I feel like it, sometimes I feel like it still hasn't even sunk in, you know? So it took a long while 
you know, you try and enjoy it at the time, but you're worried like, am I actually asleep? Am I dreaming sort of thing? Mm. It took a long while to to sort of relax and be like, oh, thank God, sort of done it. Just yeah. to put it in perspective, it's only like you're only one down from AFL. Like there's the AFL premiership and then there's obviously like the state level, which is waffle and that's that's what you just accomplished. And for me, this is seven years in the making. Like, yeah. I mean, people go all their lives, but for a footy player from 18 and what was that, 20 six it, it's like a long time to slowly 100%. build up a team to be able to do that so yeah you can see how hard it is to win one for sure and the uh the celebrations i'm sure were huge the boys would have really sat back and not for not forgotten about it after uh was it a few a big few nights of bendering yeah it's pretty good i had to go to work while i was at i had um I can't remember, but I went to work pretty soon after, and then people were partying all week, though. Yeah. No, of course. If you, you've got to be saying like that. And that same year, you are, I know you're probably not, you're probably not much of your own personal accolades that you get, but you won the best and fairest for your club that same year. Did you, did you sort of have an idea that you'd be up there? Like, you had a great year yourself. Like, I... You talk to that many people after the grand final, you would have been best on ground. You got pipped by someone else on the other side. But, I mean, I, uh, I thought it would be amazing um, year. pretty close. But it never really um, sunk in until the the day before, I reckon, the wind-up. And Ben Rioli messaged me. He's like, oh, how are you feeling about it? Like, make sure you write a speech. And I was like, what do you mean write a speech? Like, and oh, shoot, if I, if I actually win it, you've got to write you gotta say something you know even if mm. you're like second third you're probably gonna say something i was like oh I better write something because it's a good way to sort of um thank people and acknowledge and everyone acknowledge the year and acknowledge you know what happened but i was like oh you better write one too and he was like mate if they give me that microphone they're not gonna be able to stop me from talking <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's a great way to feel about saying nice things about your club and about your teammates and stuff yeah. so yes uh, very special to be up there with some very good football players' names. Yep. Remembered um, forever. Played, yeah. Yep. And when you, you're, was it like a close call or were you knowing that you were going to win it right up until the final votes? No, Jake Florinka was our best player um, that year um, and he uh, had an Achilles injury. Um, so he missed a couple of games. There was only 10 regular season games. So mm. you miss a couple, you're in trouble, but... Uh, if he doesn't miss them, he's he's the best player for sure. This is all getting a little bit too me centric. We need to talk about you a little bit no, more now. It's all, mate, <laughs> it's, it's all about you today. It's all about you. But it's quite the career you've had, and it's I've obviously got to see it from the very start, getting to live with you. One thing I do want to just talk on. Uh, I don't want to make it all. Well, it's obviously a really heavy footy chat, but like we did speak briefly about your AFL side of stuff, and I know yourself that how talented you are how where you could have really gone with it but do you feel that after that season with how big mature age recruits are going there was a mid-season afl draft all that was sort of coming together and even covid the time was happening too where they were having a lot of train on players and things like that do you feel that that would have been your best shot to really make afl there did you have belief that you could still do it at that age yeah i think i can't remember if it was at the time there was a lot of talk on uh, newspapers and articles and whatever that uh, you know uh, there's an opportunity to take these 
mature age players and a couple did. So the player from Claremont in our grand final, um, Waterman, Alec Waterman, he got taken straight out of that grand final. He had a good mm-hmm. year. Now, I can't remember what I was thinking at the time, but I remember it really sunk home that it was a possibility end of 2021. We played... Um, we played I played pretty well again the next year and so now I'm getting to 27 years old it's end of the year the next year I'll be 28 it's like following another grand final even though we didn't win I was like I've had a pretty good year for some reason I missed putting my name in the draft 2021 and that's when the whole debacle of the SSP came in so supplemental players can train on the start of 2022 I was offered to train on with Freo, but because I didn't put my name in the draft, so they had it already. I was supposed to go the next week. Peter Bell's like, yeah, this is how much we get paid. This is when you need to be here. This is what it looks like. And then he calls me up a couple of days later. He goes, oh, they haven't approved you because the AFL haven't approved you because you didn't put your name in the draft. So unfortunately, this is it. Really? So just because you didn't put it in for one year, that was that was the reason for it. Yeah, and I put my name in the draft before, but yeah, it's just a mistake. I I didn't really feel like. I mean, if I wasn't getting picked up at the end of twenty twenty, then I didn't think I would get picked up at the end of twenty twenty one. But then, yeah, with COVID, with the SSP stuff, how that was all quite new. At least to be able to train with a team, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, it didn't work out, fortunately. Oh well, you still still had the opportunity, and I'm sure with with the opportunities you've got from the waffle itself, it's been quite the. Would you would you say you've had quite the experience, even though you didn't quite get to the AFL level, which I'm sure it was more of it wasn't being your whole dream, but something you would have thought about doing. Would you say you've accomplished as much as you possibly can in the waffle world? Yeah, it's a good point. I think the the goal is always to play as high a level of football as you can and on the biggest stage you can and I've done it now for a long time. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, a great career that I'm able to look back on some good times. Not over yet, but... Not over yet. You know, so getting, 174 getting games. Pointy end where the body starts getting a bit more sore. You get, you get a little bit older. How many so. more years you reckon you got? Don't know. I'll leave that as a surprise to, <laughs> to our position player. Just keep us guessing. No, great. Uh, but yeah, footy isn't everything. So there's other things I want to do and achieve in my life. So when the pull of that becomes stronger, then then that'll be when I finish. And I think to be involved in something for so long, to be involved for 10 years with one club, like it's not really something I saw myself doing. Like, because like I said, I've moved to Geraldton. I've yeah. gone in the army. I've gone to university, doing the footy thing. Generally generally my life's been about new experiences and new things and being sort of stuck not stuck but um committed connected committed in this way for so long it's like it'd be good eventually to branch out and be doing those new experiences Mm. again soon yeah did you ever get any other offers from other teams yeah 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 got a call from uh one of the best clubs we're back when back in like 2015 or something and they said we want we want you to come play for us and i was like yeah it's much of a muchness in the waffle we play for one team we play for another team yeah that team's maybe going to make more grand finals more chance of getting picked up more chance of winning premierships but 
to do it in a group that you have helped to cultivate the the culture and the the people around there and the, the loyalty is some pretty important to my family i guess and um you know exmouth is zoned to south Fremantle, and sometimes you've just got to push through and get better at what you're doing and where mm. you are rather than looking for the grass being greener somewhere else you know yeah and you, you've built just not only yourself but like you, you've built you guys have built quite the community there because any sort of occasion that all of us can get down to watch you guys like i remember the last one would have been noah's it's not it's not his episode but noah's 100th game and it was all your family close friends all of us were there to watch it and it was like a really cool experience even though the result didn't go the way we wanted it for you guys it was cool to be a part of there and knowing that you boys have been in this club for so long done so much that we can sort of just contribute by standing back and cheering you guys on yeah very lucky to be in the heart of Fremantle and it's so much fun to go down to Fremantle and watch the footy and we go watch Mims games there AFLW and we have the best time like like mm. it's a good day you're in Freo a few drinks you get up and sing the song for the um, third quarter. They play Let's Get Loud and me and my sister were up, we're dancing sort of thing. So yeah, it was a good day. No, it's good. It's a, it's a great club. But footy's not all your life. The other side to it, and I know this is what you study at uni, your chiropractic world, you're huge on this. You've been doing this for quite some time. You're probably one of the most renowned chiropractors here in Perth. Would you say that? In podcast, in Matt Wood's podcast <laughs> land, no, there's there's much um, more renowned chiropractors than me. I like to stay in my lane, do my thing, take care of people, you know, um, being renowned, probably not. Doing well in the think. area though? Yeah, as long as I'm helping people as much as I can, getting the right care, that's, that's what I want to do. So eventually I'll be able to start my own business and have the things in place that I want to have in place. But um no, uh, my work takes takes care of me at the moment, allows me to do my footy, so there's only so much time that I have in the day to be able to um, contribute to these different things. So, Where are you getting, coming and doing this today? This is even a huge effort because I know it's been a trek for you. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for paying for Fly Me Up. And, um, <laughs> sorry I had to take the full shelter sponsorship we, for you to pay me for this we, uh, we podcast, but it's it's only one cart and a beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bit, yeah, you got me all the way up here. Does everyone else do the podcast um, naked or is it just <laughs> very weird? It when was, you get that vlogging we're equipment. We're celebrating 10 episodes. We're celebrating 10 episodes. When you get right? the vlogging equipment, you won't be able to do that. Yeah, know. I know. It's, <laughs> you got uh, the explicit on there, though. Yeah, I've got a hidden camera in the room, too, that I just use for other things. But going well off topic there, I guess what's only really left to ask you is what's sort of next in your book? You've You've got... You've got your footy you're still doing, you've got your chiropractic stuff you're still doing, but what's sort of next in your vision? Uh, with another premiership. That's uh, It's only short-term goals now. Um, I'd like to own a house soon, so that's in the works. There's probably a few different places we still need to visit and eventually probably have family, have kids. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, Zachary, actually, no, I've got one, la one last little thing I want to bring up. Great. If we you had time. to, if you had to have uh, advice to share to, I don't know if I'll get any sort of waffle players, but let's say you get some of your Colts boys that listen to this, or they come up to you and ask you for advice, some juniors even. 
if you had a little bit of advice to share to them just to how to balance out your footy career, your everyday life, and like just just making sure to be the best they possibly can in that world, what sort of advice could you share to them? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's going to be hard because if you got so many balls in the air with all these things going on sometimes um you can neglect things or you you know you forget to put time in somewhere where you should so i think it's really important that you um get take time for your family or your partner and make sure that they're um important involved in the things you're doing because you can get real centric with your footy and um your work and that sort of thing so you don't have that much time left so we can making sure your friends, your family are um, uh, cherished and, and loved. So, yeah, that's pretty important. And sometimes you can you can neglect. Um, uh, if you want to play footy, you can do it for sure. Um, you work hard. As harder these days with kids, they're, they're doing, stay concentrated on things as much. Mm. But, um, yeah, old, um, a bit older school mentality of persevere and, um, try your hardest at things. What do you find? Do you find that at work with younger people, it's harder to get them engaged with? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'd find, even though we are still quite young, I like to say, um, I find probably we're at an age now where people can, because there's so many other opportunities out there, people can sort of just go, oh, it's just getting too hard. I might just go to the next thing now. And we are guilty of that, but yeah, I'd say it's it's about that perseverance, just making sure that if you're going to start something before you give it up, really know that you've given it your all or you've tried your best. Unless circumstances have come to the point that where you can't do it anymore, make sure that if you leave that area, you know that you tried your absolute hardest and it just, it just didn't work out. Now it's about finding that next avenue to go down. But yeah. That's all we really uh, got time for today, mate. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Matt and Zach podcast. <laughs> um, we'll be here next week with a, another list, another podcast member just, interview. Just, just stick to what your you lane, mate. Just, right, just stick just, to football. But Zach, thanks so much for taking the first early morning flight up here today. I can't appreciate it enough. It's huge to be able to celebrate. 10 episodes with you even though I know a lot of people go it's only 10 episodes it's something that I didn't think I'd even get to so it's been great fun getting to do it with you share your story and I hope there's a few people out there mainly our friends but also maybe some fans of the show and fans of yourself that go back listen and get to hear a bit of an insight as to the person you are thanks very much for having me um congratulations on the 10th episode I'll speak for everyone who's listening and um it's been good it's been fun and uh, before you go, I do have a little gift for you. As part of our sponsorship here, we have Ahoy. a bit of a little shelter beers to give Ahoy. away. Look at we that. have the Shelter Lager, Shelter Pale Ale, and Shelter XBA to share with you. One off the wood. Thank One you very much. So enjoy them, mate. You can give me the full feedback and just, just make sure you say into the mic right this second that Shelter is your beer of choice. No, I do love Shelter, um, actually. It's a great beer. That'll keep the sponsors happy. Um, but thanks, Heats, for coming in today, mate. It's been awesome. And you're now officially a mate of the Matt and Mates podcast. And we love you all. Is that how we finish? <laughs> we'll finish on that. <laughs> thanks.
Thanks for listening to the Matt and Mates podcast. If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow, or subscribe on our socials and whatever platform you're listening on. And for those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review and share with your friends and family as well. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, flick an email to contact at mattandmates.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always, I love you all. Wanna hear you go?